Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Ryan Novozinski, joined here, as always, by my sports editor, Sadiq Tuma. We are deep in the Novo, and we are bringing you episode nine, and we're going to be previewing OSU versus West Virginia, where we will see so much. We'll see all the action uh, in the game, obviously, but we'll also see Thurman Thomas being inducted into the Ring of Honor City. Before we start and breaking down some of the X's and O's of the game. I want to know what your thoughts are on that and sort of this press conference that we got to experience with with a living legend in Thurman Thomas this past week. Yeah, definitely a great honor, and that was awesome. <laughs> it was great to hear what he's had to say. It's all about bringing everyone together. It's a great honor for OSU and so many legends that went to the school, and now they'll all get to be honored. Yeah, and, and you'll sort of see them coming together too, and, and I think that's one of the things that he tried to hone in on, and, and, and I think it's going to be a great thing for OSU going forward if they can mend this gap um, and, and sort of do what he does and is trying to build bridges here. So that that's going to be definitely right. something fun to see. But I think another thing that he is excited to see is this game. I, I, I know he said he'd be mad as hell if, if OSU lost uh, on Saturday. So let's talk about what opponent OSU was going against. Let's talk about West Virginia a little bit. So I guess namely let's start with the offense and I'm going to check my notes right here so I can remember the pronunciation guide. Jarrett Dagey. Jarrett Dagey. Jarrett Dagey. That's how you pronounce the man's name. And that's, and and let's talk about him as a quarterback a little bit. Yeah, he's a you know he's one of those guys who transferred over to West Virginia. Wasn't that great at Bowling Green, but now he's really starting to come in his own. He had a great game against Eastern Kentucky, but they are also Eastern Kentucky. But overall, it's, it looks like a different offense for West Virginia, right? Last year, that was almost one of the things that held them back a little bit, and the defense looked like the clear strength of this team. But now this year, well, aside from Daigie, the wide receivers were young last year, right? Overall, the run game was awful. <laughs> Their leading rusher, Letty Brown, had 300-something yards. Right. Right, not very good. But this year, at least against Eastern Washington, total running backs had 329 yards. Sorry. <laughs> That's 329 <laughs> yards. <laughs> but obviously, it's again, it's Eastern Kentucky, right? But at the same time, it just when you watch that, there weren't a lot of carries, right? It was some of them had ten carries, eighteen carries, running backs. It was just a, it was a high vault. It was a very explosive, explosive runs, right? Letty Brown looked really good overall. Jared Dagey looked very solid. I thought he had some really good throws overall. Played again, you're playing Eastern Kentucky, <laughs> but you know the one thing I kind of draw back with him, and you look at him overall, was his deep ball accuracy. That was one place where I really found a little bit of fault where you'd have guys running down straight down wide open. And by the time the pass would get there, it was almost a little short, right? Where most of the time they would be complete, but at the same time, the receiver ended up closer to the cornerback than he should have. Mm-hmm. And that's the ma- mark of not putting the ball on overall. But at the same time, he looked great in the short intermediate routes. Uh, overall, much better. And these are some really quality receivers, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think you hit it right on the head there when you said that these short intermediate routes, that's exactly the game that I saw from him. Right. Because where he lacks an arm strength, and his arm strength is not elite. I don't think so at all yeah, um, by any means. He, he does have a pretty good zip on it when he gets it in, in sort of these short, yeah. choppy passing situations, um, and which is a good thing. It's it's precise for, for wide, rec- wide receivers, rather, to, to get it, um, and definitely he has some talent in that, in that wide receiver corpse. But I also look at, too, this running back group. It's going to be such an interesting show because, I mean, you got guys there that, I mean, they stole the show the other day. You got Alex or Alex Sinkfield, um, and then you got, like, these other names. Both of them had 123 yards and two TDs. These same exact stats for Letty Brown and Alex Sinkfield. This is, 
is this a new revitalized offense for this West Virginia team? That's the thing. It was crazy because you know, go back and watch that game, and then you quickly realize six of those players were suspended. You know, like that exactly. first game, a lot of them missed the first game, including TJ Simmons, mm-hmm. a big slot receiver who was coming in with some breakout hopes. Mm-hmm. Good uh, veteran presence. Too. Yeah. You missed two offensive linemen. You missed your two top tight ends. You missed a lot of guys, and yet they steamrolled them. And it wasn't just the point total. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a stat sheet. You saw the run game, and the run blocking was awesome. You saw open holes, and even you didn't. You saw Letty Brown. He almost reminded me of LaShawn McCoy a little bit. Right. <laughs> there was a little bit of that where you had that cut ability and – what you really love with Letty Brown from the run game, and I'm going to focus on run game a lot because sure. this was a run game that was supposed to be the biggest weakness, right? Clearly coming into the season, especially considering what they did last year. And now, and you lost it like three starters from last year as well. But that run game looked really good. And Letty Brown, I really love with him, is a strength. You see him, his stiff arm is awesome. Mm-hmm. He's constantly doing that. He's strong. He gets through and he's shifty, not too shifty, but he's almost got like a little bit of Derrick Henry yeah. type elusiveness. Uh, yeah, you hit it. Definitely with Jared Dagey, awesome ball placement in that short to immediate route. Down the field a little bit more, not as much, but mm-hmm. he's got some great receivers starting with Sam James, the number one guy. He got almost 70 passes last year. Get down the field, he's a good route runner. He's all over the field, he's reliable. And you got a couple other guys, Bryce Ford Wheaton, who kind of broke out. He's a bigger target. You saw him there a little bit. And you got a couple of receivers right from a school that is famous for wide receivers, right. especially in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I do. I like what you said about T.J. Simmons as well. He's yeah. a here's a guy who he adds a little bit of uh, almost tenacity to them. He he's a good veteran presence for right. them, and he's one of those guys um, that didn't play last game. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and he's a guy that once you add him to this offense, I, I think you're going to start seeing this uh, pass game open up a little bit. You know, they they spread it out a little bit last week. They yeah. they let they let uh, had you know very good balance in their passing attack. But I think this week you're going to start to see them maybe try to open that up a little bit more. And, and heck, maybe you, you'll even see the running backs uh, take a little bit of a step back. I think you probably will as the season progresses. Because once you go into this and you were looking at this season from just like the you know the preseason like outlooks and stuff like that, once you got into this, you were like, okay, the West Virginia wide receivers are going to be that strong group coming in. And definitely. And, and definitely that offensive line, I think they're one that, that sort of dictates – Maybe a little bit how this season's going to go because once you have this offensive line who played a little bit better last game, definitely. and they, yeah, they definitely played a lot better. So, who are they going to be when they're playing against a very good, very deep defensive line, which OSU has? Yeah, that's the interesting thing. And like I said before, they lost three starters, right? Right. One of them being Josh Sales, Josh Sales. Now, who was obviously excellent, mm-hmm. right? Now he's an OSU. He lost two other guys. And that's kind of the, and you know, let me say this again. Of the f- three guys, right? They lost three guys. This game, they their this season, they came in. Two of their starting offensive linemen were suspended for mm-hmm. that first game. Yet they played pretty well. You saw the run blocking open up hold. You saw Jared Diggy pretty clean for most of the game. And I thought it was got a little creative. A couple of those plays, you saw Jared Diggy on the move in the sense of a moving pocket, right? Where as soon as the ball snapped, you see everything shift. That's a strategy you use to kind of get your when you have a struggling offensive line, or even if you have a good one, right. it just kind of you get that quarterback on the move a little bit. You dictate the direction of the blocks, and it, it helps your entire blocking scheme because you, as a quarterback, you're only looking for the the pass rush from one side, sure. right? Because it's all going toward the right or all to the left. Generally, the right if you're a righty quarterback. Yeah, and that's that's going to be the big question here: is that offensive line going to hold up again, Eastern Kentucky, right? But against OSU, not only a deep defense line, obviously, but a talented one, right? Just on that front line, you got Trace Ford, Israel Antoine, Cameron Murray, and Tyler Lacey. Then you go 
second yeah, line. Yeah, we haven't even talked split. about the backups yet. <laughs> exactly, and that's just as talented. Mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely going to be an interesting thing to watch this week. Yeah, I think so too. And, and, and you know, with this offensive line too, what I saw a little bit last week against Eastern Kentucky is that he finally, I guess for the first time, like you didn't see it last year many times at all, if at all. he You saw that Daigie finally had time back there to work right. right and and yeah you saw that last week for sure. and i do like i do like him in the pocket i think his pocket presence is 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 very good um but once and once you give him that time he can really work with with what he's given but i just wonder with this depth of this defensive line right we t- we saw this last week as we saw all this in- uh just interesting storylines and then heck the the depth of the linebackers too and and uh i mean you and i know the the corners and the safeties too they could uh play all over the field what is it going to be this week? Will this offensive line be able to stay as consistent um, and win the battle up front like they did so easily last week? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? That's the main thing here. How good are they going to be? Because you you play well against any team, and it's the thing, right? For struggling offensive lines, typically you plan to play badly against everyone, right? Even sometimes that worst opponent there shows these little gaps here and there. Mm-hmm. But they played well against Eastern Kentucky. It's going to be interesting here against this D-line. And again, circling back to those receivers we talked about, what I'm going to love is to see how these cornerbacks, Drew Darius Williams, Jared Pernod Converse, you got Tanner McAllister, mm-hmm. even Thomas Harper if he plays a little bit. You got all these guys against some talented, almost, you know, I could even go to stretch a little bit, maybe a stretch, and say Tulsa's receivers were better than West Virginia mm-hmm. or are better. But at the same time, you got a pretty talented, solid group in West Virginia, right? They're a very young group. Last they year, they had a bunch of freshmen. But this year, you got guys blossoming. So you got guys, Sam James, who already proven, mm-hmm. TJ Simmons, all these guys, right? Bryce Ford Wheaton, all the guys we already mentioned. Yeah. And and Winston Wright, also another talented guy, who's also, I believe, their kick re- kickoff returner. How, how are those cornerbacks going to fare? Because those cornerbacks were elite last mm-hmm. week, right? Like Rodarius and Jarek Bernard, especially, sticking like glue. So if they do that again, that's really going to cause problems to see where Diggy goes and how he goes when things kind of break down. Exactly. Yeah, I think you really hit it there when when you had said that this this wide receiver group for West Virginia is a little bit they're underrated. They're sneakily deep too. I right. think. Uh, you know, when you got guys like Sam James there, you got a guy like uh, Simmons there, and 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 you have all these other weapons there that you can really incorporate in that in that pass attack. Um, and it is going to be. What a sight it's going to be when when you had these receivers last week that that obviously you saw quite a show from all of them on OSU when when they were sticking to them like glue yeah. they were able to stay on them with with seemingly ease um, and how it's going to be this week once you see like I, and I know that you know Tulsa had great wide receivers last week don't get it twisted but once it's now you elevate a level obviously when you're in the Big Twelve you you do elevate that level especially a school that prides prides himself in wide receivers as much as West Virginia does. So it's going to be uh, uh, like really a fun matchup. I think that's probably my matchup really of the week, if you want to call it. I can't wait to see what these wide receivers do against OSU's cornerbacks and other members of the secondary that, that will be able to chime in too. I, I think it's going to be just one of the best fun matchups of the night. Definitely. I agree. It's definitely going to be awesome to watch because – that's always fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely going to be interesting. You got so much talent, right? It's mm-hmm. almost like untapped potential in a way. Right. You look at West Virginia. But I think it's definitely going to be, I don't even know what to call it a test per se, because it's it's really a, a speak on how good Tulsa's receivers mm-hmm. are in general, right? You look at stat line from last week and you might think, eh, not really. But that's really a testament to how good sure. the cornerbacks were, mm-hmm. right? And it's just going to be interesting. How, how can you keep that defense up a week after week? And I'm confident they will. Oh, I do too. I, I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely do too. And now to sort of take a deeper dive into that defense, into the OSU defense, um, 
or actually rather the West Virginia defense. Um, let's talk about what they got back there. And usually I know we like to start with the front seven and we do that. Okay. But let's start back now. Let's talk about the spear. Tell me about what they got going on back there. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, when you research this defense, it's honestly so exciting because yeah. they got so many versatile pieces, right? You start out with, we have a Leo in Stillwater, right? Yes. You got that defensive end linebacker hybrid, right? That trace forward plays mm-hmm. and to great effect. The spear, that is another great position because they got, it's essentially an outside linebacker, defensive back, cornerback sort of roll a little bit of safety but that's the point it's a do-it-all hybrid player. everything <laughs> yeah, yeah you kind of see all over the field and this guy tyke smith is a monster he mm-hmm. is all over the field he's great in coverage he had two picks last year but he was great at limiting whoever he was covering he covers a slot a lot so that's gonna be an interesting one on dylan stoner mm-hmm. and he's a great tackler he's strong when you see him he's almost built like malcolm rodriguez right. but even bigger you know almost stronger mm-hmm. he looks like an overbuilt safety you know one of those guys who just huge right like just, he, he's so strong <laughs> yeah <laughs> just trying to get my point across and that that's the exciting thing with the spear then you got their bandit linebacker who's the other side that mm-hmm. outside linebacker and he that's another interesting thing because it's not just the the weak side linebacker sure. right it's it's a guy that's on the line as well as linebacker in that linebacking role and on the defensive mm-hmm. end right he plays a little bit of the, both those roles but he's mostly on the defensive end where He's pass rushing a lot. And they got uh, Jared Bartlett there, but they also got another guy in Vandarius Cowan, who's honestly there. When I got on watch, you see them split pretty evenly, but you see Cowan on the line a lot more. And West Virginia plays a 3 3 5, mm-hmm. right? Got three defensive linemen, three linebackers. I guess four if you want to count Tyke yeah. Sith, but you got you got a little bit of here and there, right? Sorry, three three five. I said three three four. <laughs> but at the same time, it's you almost got four defensive linemen at all times mm-hmm. because you put that bandit linebacker there. And finally, you got a cat safety. Mm-hmm. What's a cat safety, right? <laughs> Cats, <laughs> spears, and bandits. What is there this? You go. <laughs> and the cat safety is essentially their strong safety. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean Mahone, who is excellent. He's an amazing tackler. And what that replaces your strong safety, but it's like a strong safety is extremely versatile in its nature, right? Mm-hmm. Where the position will, you'll most you'll be in the box a lot, you'll be at the top high, you'll sometimes cover tight ends, running backs, but it's almost that, just a little bit more, right? right? Where this guy's all over, he's strong, he's athletic, he's explosive, he's a great tackler, first and foremost. And you got three guys who are super versatile. This entire defense is exciting. They got a lot of pieces all over the field. And Tyke Smith, is, like I said, he's excellent in slot and coverage. That's going to be interesting on Dale Stoner. I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see how that goes. I am too, yeah. And that that was like when, when you talk about sort of uh, just some of these wide receivers, and, and I think it's matchups on both sides, right? Like secondary versus wide receivers on the on both sides, like Dylan Stoner versus Tyke Smith is going to be yeah. such a fun matchup to watch. And and when you sent me the pictures of Tyke Smith earlier, we you know for our paper, I was thinking, yeah. You sent me a picture of the linebackers, right? You know, or or you sent me one of those Stills brothers, didn't you? But no, you didn't. That was Tyke Smith. That is that spear safety who's going to play all over the freaking field for West Virginia as he does in most weeks. Um, now, yeah, like going back to sort of a, a guys that I feel like we didn't even hone in on that much, and, and there's a lot to unpack there, sure. But let's talk a little bit about these Stills brothers in more oh, in depth because these are guys, These are two brothers. Uh, you got Dante, you got Darius um, Stills there. And I mean, I remember Darius last year, he was one of the guys, I believe it was Darius, correct? He was the one that was going to uh, potentially be in the NFL. Like, yep. He was the one he that was... He decided to stay. Yeah, he's he, the older one. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, he's you got the older the... one. But they're both super refined and, and, and 
both Dante is, is, is definitely progressing up to that level, but this is a scary duel on the defensive line. Oh my line. God. Yeah. Both of them had seven sacks from one's a nose tackle. The other one's a defensive mm-hmm. end and the defensive end Dante stills. Mm-hmm. He's lighter by like seven pounds. Right. <laughs> you know, both these guys are bulky guys, but at the same time, you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting athletic guys, mostly power move guys, but they are excellent pass rushers, mm-hmm. right? You got another one, Jeffrey Pooler, who almost gets overshadowed because of the Still Brothers, right. but you got an excellent defensive line there, right? And those two are havoc. You know, mm-hmm. they create havoc, and that's going to be interesting against this offensive line, right? The main headline of this team, sure, right? How does this offensive line that's hurt, that was already somewhat young with some questions on the right side, mm-hmm. right, with the young, inexperienced guys, now going to backups, right? Guys who are supposed to be almost second, third sure. strings. Before the season, right, you got Jake Springfield in, you got young guys, and how is overall this entire chemistry going to be affected? Because we talked about this before. It When you think about an offensive line, you know this as well as I do, mm-hmm. it's not just about how talented and how big and how strong. That plays a big factor, no question. But it's about how they work together, right? Cohesion, communication, blitz recognition, all these things. And when you got young guys in, when you got guys who are missing protection, missing their, uh, their snaps, they're missing their keys – and these guys haven't worked together, you kind of lose that a little bit. But sometimes when you got a coach like Charlie Dickey, not sometimes, but when you got a coach like Charlie Dickey, it really helps all of that. But at the same time, you can't just ignore that, right? You got a question, especially against, you go from a Tulsa defensive line that was really impressive, no question, sure. especially in run defense. But man, this, this, this defensive line is scary. No question. <laughs> yeah, no question about it at all. And, and you know, you go from Zayvon Collins and then obviously right. you're facing some of the Stills brothers up there. Uh, and, now you sort of it begs the question, right? Like, how consistent can this can this offensive line stay for OSU? And and also, what is this West Virginia defense going to? What, what's the outlook on them for this season? Because when you look at it holistically, I think we're going to be talking about them at the end of the year as probably one of the top defenses in the Big Twelve. I'd say. Uh, yeah, no doubt. And we, you know, we just went on the defensive line, and then you talk about linebackers as well. We haven't even talked about them yet, yeah, barely. <laughs> we talked about Van, uh, Van Darius Cohen, yeah. who I kind of want to highlight, mm-hmm. uh, because he was, you saw him all over the field. You, sorry, you saw him on the field constantly. Yeah. And he kind of played that, in my head, like a fourth defensive lineman. Right. Like I said, he's that bandit linebacker. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that was a high four star at Alabama, decided to transfer out. I think he was suspended and injured last year, didn't really play much, but he's a guy who could be high impact this year. Mm-hmm. You got Tony Fields, who I believe transferred from Arizona. I could be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. he transferred in, and he's a surefire tackler. Then on the other side, you got Josh Chandler, who's another great linebacker. You got a strong linebacking core there. You got a couple backups as well who are pretty talented. They're pretty deep there. And then in the secondary as well, we, met, we mentioned Sean Mahone. Then you got uh, Alonzo Day, who is another – sensational not sensational but he is a solid great mm-hmm. um free safety back there great in coverage you got two solid line or cornerbacks you got an overall a very strong defense with very few weaknesses to see and like you said they could be one of the better ones you've not the probably one of the best defenses in the big 12 right I'd even say, I'd, yeah, I'd say they're probably up there, probably maybe even top three. Yeah. If you, if you, when you no break question. it down, when the uh, end of the year comes, I'd say probably when you look at in terms of a weakness, right? And I know you and I will probably discuss this more in depth, but I'd say the only weakness I can point to is is the cornerback's position, exactly. and 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 that is That's something where you that you see the most unknown. Yeah, yeah. you'll figure exactly. it. I, I bet you they're they're a team that they could probably figure it out as the season goes along, as as they have. I feel like with some of these other positions and question marks. Obviously, we talked about the ones on the offense, but yeah. on the defense, there's not many holes except for that one, the cornerbacks group right there. Exactly, you're right, and that's that's like the one place where you have it. But they play some zone coverage, mm-hmm. and you got 
a guy in Tyke Smith is essentially a cornerback, yeah. right? A strong guy there. But overall, when you have pass rush like that, mm-hmm. it helps your cornerbacks. And the cornerbacks, it almost comes at more question because you're playing a guy who just came off a freshman season that was somewhat uneven. You know, he started off badly, but at times he flashed really well. Right. And, uh, Miller, mm-hmm. and then the other side you have another transfer in who's again question marks because yeah. he's a transfer, but you you have these question marks simply like we said you only have these question marks because these guys are unknown right to yeah. some degree but it's almost they might be good right you know they could be good we don't know what their progression is over the off season mm-hmm. then you have a uh, pass rush that's lethal right and l- like I always mentioned. Pass rush and cornerbacks go hand in hand, right? You can't have pass coverage without pass rush, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So if you have pass rush from the Stowe brothers, from all this, from all this front seven, that really helps your cornerbacks, right? That helps your safety, that helps everyone. And I think that's why this defense could be even more scary. Yeah, it's yeah, it certainly will be one of the scariest units in the Big Twelve. Um, but now you also have to factor in everything. From an entire point of view, from an overall point of view, you have to look at offense, defense, special teams, the entire shebang for this West Virginia team, and sort of where you think that they'll finish in the Big 12 this year. Because I think they have potential to be one of these sneaky teams that maybe gets, oh, they'll squeak out maybe even seven, eight wins on the season. Uh, I'm, or maybe, I guess this is a pandemic yeah. year, so maybe not <laughs> eight. A but uh, uh, So I'd probably say like six, seven wins. I could definitely see that, right? Yeah, that's the thing. After watching them game one, like I said, just take it with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. it is Eastern Kentucky. Of course. But you saw a lot of things that you really loved because you, you're mostly looking at the question marks, right? You know that the defense is going to be good. Mm-hmm. You want to see Jared Dagey, how he progresses, and you want to see that run game take off, right? And this run game is taken off. Like, sure, it's it's one game and it's one Eastern Kentucky, but those those that running backs look really good, especially Letty Brown, right? He looked like a star. If you didn't know better, just the way he was running, regardless of who was trying to tackle him and what the defense was and everything, it looked really good, right? And that could be shut down. A lot of times we see guys look a lot better than normal, but at the same time, he looked good and he definitely has some talent. He has size, strength, a little bit of speed, quickness. You see a little bit of those smart cuts, vision, burst. You see a lot of some of these traits you want to see. And overall, I, I agree with your assessment 100%. Sneaky good team. But at the same time, they could be legit good. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're just that they have that sort of potential. They're one of those breaking mark surprise teams more mm-hmm. than anything for me, where they could end up being good because they have all the pieces there that could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Letty Bryan is definitely someone that, I, that I've had my eye on too. Sure. Um, when it comes to his power, when it comes to sort of his size and, and the way he can maneuver himself in between those tackles, I think it's going to be some sort of matchup for him against this uh, this OSU front seven. And, and it's, he's going to give him headaches uh, all day, I feel like. I feel yeah. like this is going to be one, probably the first true test. He's, I, I mean... Sure. It was good. It probably was going to be Shamari Brooks last week, but that never happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you can definitely point to him as being somebody who's going to cause a lot of challenges. And you could point to West Virginia too. I like what you said about that. You were saying how West Virginia could be a team that's legitimately good. I can definitely see that as well. Neil Brown in year two for the Mountaineers. Um, but now going to sort of a let's dice it down like that too, right? We talked. About, I talked about like how, how Letty Brown could cause some issues and some headaches for the OSU defensive line. But what are some other issues that you think could be had in this game? What are some things that maybe stick out to you as something that that OSU might struggle with against this West Virginia team? Yeah, and the biggest thing has to be the offensive line, right? It's, yeah. it's the obvious one, but it's also the biggest one, right? It is. It's going to be how does this line hold up? Because the line is at the core of it all, right? You have that offensive line. You give, presumably, Shane Ellingworth more time, right? Mm-hmm. You give Chuba Hubbard, LD Brown better holes. 
is West Virginia stack the box a little bit, right? Are they going to trust in their defenders overall? Just just let that defensive line and some of the linebackers run in, pass rush really well. Or are they going to take a Tulsa Lake approach where they stack the box a little more? That's going to be a question for sure. And I think that's where it starts. And it's also a little bit Shane Ellingworth. And it's not a worry per se. It's more of an anxiety yeah. in, in a sense of seeing a true freshman at any point, right? And I'll say this. For most true freshmen, you have a bigger worry. But for a guy like Shane Ellingworth who came in with this much apparent maturity, poise, and confidence, mm-hmm. you're not so worried. Right? No, not at all. But, yeah, But it's yeah. something you want to see for sure. And not that Chuba struggled per se. I mean, I guess he struggled by Chuba standards. Sure. <laughs> but it, a lot of that was stacking the box. So I'm just curious how West Virginia is going to game plan all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you look at Shane Ellingworth and, and sort of the – like. The mindset he has coming into this and, and when what Neil Brown has coming into this and looking at him and game planning around him, it's going to be such a fun thing to see play out because I know that he's sort of confused at this point, right? Like as, as confused as Neil Brown, a defensive one or division one rather uh, college football coach could be. He's a guy that's that's looking even back at, at um, Shane Hillingworth's high school film, because what else is he going to look yeah, at besides exactly. that, that one quarter against Tulsa, right? So, I mean, that's something that he's going to be looking at, um, how how they're going to attack, whether they're going to hone in on Chuba more, whether they're going to hone in on Shane Hillingworth more. I'm excited to see. I think you probably lean a little bit more towards stopping this run game, especially with what L.D. Brown can do now. Um, and obviously, on top of that, the maybe Heisman winner this year, Chuba Hubbard. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you look at all of these things and you think, what is this West Virginia gonna, team going to do and and sort of how they're going to attack OSU? Yeah, there were so many exciting questions going into week one, yeah. but they were almost like, oh, is this defense going to be good? Is, mm-hmm. How's Casey Dunn's offense going to be? Now it's almost worrisome questions, sure. <laughs> right? Is Shane Ellingworth going to be a freshman? Is is this offensive line going to collapse? Is the defense going to be really tired? You know mm-hmm. I mean? It's almost more worrisome than it is. Uh, happy questions. Yeah, it, it definitely more worrisome than it is joyous because, one like last week. I mean, you and I talked about it all leading up to this. We were like, "Oh man, they, they can use this game as a just a canvas to do whatever they want." We could see what Calvin right. Budish could do in the pass rush. We could see what the defensive line as a whole could do. We could see heck, we could see Jim Knowles' defense as a whole. We can see. Uh, if you had told me last week that Shane Allenworth was in the game, I would say that OSU was up fifty-six to nothing, and and Casey Dunn was just having fun out there. No doubt. No, not this case. Not the case at all. Now, uh, you, you it makes you wonder like what's going to happen this week, right? And and heck, we don't even know the status of Spencer Sanders at this point. We could be talking about this right now, and this could all be irrelevant in the next couple of days because Spencer Sanders going out and and playing, uh, taking some snaps, uh, for OSU because. He Gundy's just not that he's pretty secretive about this kind of things, but all of this will go down on, on uh, at West Virginia or at OSU versus West Virginia on Saturday. Um, I know you and I are excited to to see this come down. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that like whatever they're gonna do, it's gonna be a good game plan because you got Shane Illingworth now. You if it is Shane Illingworth. He's got a week of practice under his belt. So what are your thoughts on on how he may be able to do with another week of practice under his belt? Yeah, I think the big thing that obviously OSU coaches didn't see is that practice because part of it was pandemic. Part of that is freshman. And part of that is he was in contact tracing for two weeks before, right? Mm-hmm. The crazy thing you kind of find out is he never, he was almost not suited up 
which is crazy, right? Considering what he did, you got to wonder, man, what would have OSU done had he not suited up, right? right? But at the same time, I, I, like I said before, right? The maturity, confidence, boys, those are just traits that scream greatness, right? Mm-hmm. And for a true freshman to kind of come in with that sort of mentality, I think he'll be fine. But there's always that 1% of, okay, he could falter because he doesn't have the experience Spencer Sanders does, right? Especially playing against big 12 opponents. Mm-hmm. You don't have that same thing, but I I still think like his arm strength, his accuracy, ball placement, all of it was his IQ, right? Decision making, all of it was awesome against Tulsa, and I think it's going to continue and be more of the same. Yeah, and and also like I guess let's end on that note too. Let's talk about what OSU could look forward to in this game. I know we talked about some some of the anxieties that they could face, sure, but what could OSU really be be drooling at when they go into this matchup? Well, LD Brown, yeah, right. You want to see what he does again. You gotta, you gotta just guys all over, right? Regardless of the matchups with who they play against, you just got explosive playmakers, right? Is Dylan Stoner gonna bounce back and have a huge game? Tylen Wallace, All American, no matter what, right? No matter who's mm-hmm. a receiver, one of the most physical receivers, one of the best downfield threats in the game. Amazing after the catch as well. Mm-hmm. Guys who stiff arm, stiff arm <laughs> to the, <laughs> into the ground, you know. Professional like, wrestling. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and you got an exciting defense, right? Not just a talented one, but guys. You got guys like Colby Arville Peel, where Trey Sterling or Malcolm Rodriguez, who just shoot out of cannons, right? Mm-hmm. You got surefire tacklers. You got Tanner McAllister, who's go- doing better. You got exciting pieces all over. And I just wonder who's going to have the breakout game this time. Yeah, and, and always watching OSU and just watching the past couple of years, I'd always look at these teams and almost dread wa- having to watch like some of these defenses, right, with, with Ramon Richards at corner and, and some of these other teams that you had out there where, I know, Jordan Brelford was one of the bright spots, obviously, but you those would be the only bright spots. You know, you have a few bright spots here and there, but you never get excited about the unit as a whole. And and I feel like you're right. This year, you can get excited about some of these heat-seeking missiles that they have out there. We have a whole another analogies of, of weapons arsenals and, and cannons and stuff like that. You're going to see that all go down against West Virginia this Saturday night and or this Saturday afternoon, rather. And I know Sadiq and I are excited to go cover that game as well as all of the members of the Okali. Um, but you can continue to look at our coverage for this game uh, with the Okali on Saturday. It'll be us. It'll be all of our fantastic beat writers. And we will have post-game updates for you as well. That's all we have for the show today for Ryan Novozinski. Joined here, as always, by Sadiq Tuma. Have a great day.